0: Right here beside me is Ariana Walker with Mercy. Let's give her a clear view. Hello. Hi, everyone. (laughs) So, if you're a guest with us today, it's a unique day for our church. And you know, for the last six months or so, we've been doing a lot of scouting over in the UK and. Just had a team come back, and and uh, Ariana is uh, a part of Mercy UK. She's actually the CEO, and I've known about Mercy Multiplied here in Brentwood for many years. Our wonderful Rachel Biedenbaugh, uh works there at, at in uh, in the ministry functions of, of Mercy in Brentwood, and so today's a unique day. We got a lot to do, and and um, we're we're asking. We've been promoting this for you know uh, quite a while now, and. And so we wanted to start, we realize a lot of times when, when you send out scout teams like you have, you know, I went uh, five or six months ago, and then uh, we sent out our most recent one a couple weeks ago. But we also know that you've heard bits and pieces, but there's a lot you don't know. And so today, this is a, a culmination of what we believe as a staff and a missions committee and, and others that there's a, 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 a really new, a new frontier, for Clearview, and we're gonna talk about that today. So I I really hope you came ready and and open. So, uh, Ariana, let's sit down. And now I thought one of the things that might be kind of interesting for us is, you know, a lot of misconceptions are around about, about the U.K., um, first of which, people ask me, how was London? I, I've, I've only been to London one time on an airplane, and, and I was out there really quick. So it's really funny how uh, Americans uh, do think of, uh, of anything England, because that's, that's the city you always hear about. It's, you don't hear about, uh, the, but where, where, where she's at in Yorkshire is in Oxenhope, in the Bradford, Keithley, and Leeds area, so to speak, and that's up in the top. Uh, not too awful far from Scotland. So I thought we would let Ariana give us kind of an overview from a, a homegrown Brit, uh, the, the state of the church. What's, what's going on over there that's causing so much brokenness? And so we wanted to lead out with that.
1: Oh, well, first of all, I have to, to correct another misconception. Which Did is I the say something wrong already? No, no, no. Oh. The, no. Generally, people think that we're the ones with the accent.
0: Yeah. Oh uh, that's true. i just
1: like to remind everybody that it's called English. English. Which means y'all have the accent. Yeah, that's so funny. Which in fact is my favourite word by the way that you've all y'all made up. It's a yeah. great word. I wish we had it in England, but I've we don't. heard you use y'all. I know, it's great. Yeah. Anyway. That was beside the point. So the state of the, I, I studied a little bit before I got here to, to give you some uh, statistics, a little bit of context to help you understand a little bit about the UK. First of all, it, the land mass is the same as Michigan. However, the population is the same as all of Texas and all of California put together in the space of Michigan. So go figure that, that means we don't have a lot of space. Uh, we, we live very close to everybody else in yes, the UK. Um, the other thing is that uh, it's made up of England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, and Wales. All those countries together make up the United Kingdom. But 60% of of the landmass belongs to England, but 90% of the population live in England. So England is is heavily populated. The City of London, which you all like to say is, is where the whole of England is, but the City of London actually is hugely populated with, the, with more than 2 million people more than the whole of Tennessee live in the City of London. So there's a lot of people. But interestingly, whereas in Tennessee, roughly 80-odd percent of the population would say that they're Christian in the uk uh, in 1983 they did this statistic and they found that 60 odd percent said that they were christian but when they did the same um study almost a year ago they found that only 32 percent said that they were christian so there's been a huge drop in the last few decades of people identifying with the christian faith and that is very apparent in our society Uh, And they further did some more studies that of those 30-odd percent of people now that say in the UK that they're Christian, actually only 11% even go to church. And of this 11%, and this is the the really sad statistic, of the 11% of people in the UK who go to church, half of them have never prayed. I'm just going to leave that there for one second because it explains a lot about our country it means that less than two percent of the entire population of the UK has prayed ever so we've got a fairly godless society a fairly secular one one that policymakers are consistently and increasingly making policies that exclude any reference to Christian beliefs faith or um, standard of living and we can see that in many many different ways in terms of the church itself the established church is the the, is the Church of England Uh, It's closing buildings left right and center. There are population uh, Congregations of only 15 people in many places uh, and it's an old and dying generation of people who go to church Um, something like 60% of the church-going public are over Thirty, I think it is. They're
0: they're old. I heard um, when I was over there. They're <laughs> no, old. Not,
1: not the thirties old, but that they're <laughs> older.
0: Thirties. I would love to be thirty. Uh, I would love to be thirty. The, um, so you know, it's it's interesting. I heard um, when I was over there, um, one of one of the. Um, Pastors told me that they saw a statistic that roughly 60% of the congregations in the UK have no one under the age of 20. There you go. That's Zero. the one I was looking for. Zero. <laughs> yeah. um, so it, it, people ask me about, um, people ask me all the time, Mariana, Jason, why, why were you investigating the UK? And, and the answer to that is pretty simple. I really do believe that the United States of America will be just what she pictured in the next 20 years. I believe this is where our country is headed. Just look at it. I mean, look at Christianity. It is continually going down. I mean, you don't have to search far on Google to realize even even non-believers entities and research centers are showing the death of Christianity in our country. And and I I think I I describe people from the UK all the time. They say, "What, what are the people like over there? I said, really nice people, good people that have just moved on from God. They've just moved on.
1: And even within the church, there's quite a high level of brokenness and sense of lostness. A few years ago, almost 10 years ago, I had a very deep, Spiritual experience when I was in a very old church building. It was built in 1400 something. It was an Anglican church, and someone was speaking. And she uh, got us to be commissioned. She said, "Close your eyes. I want you all to just focus on on God for one second and allow Him to take you out of this building and send Him to the people He's sending you to." And so I fully expected him, you know, being the CEO of Mercy, that he would send me to broken young women. That is who I expected him to take me to and show me nameless, faceless uh, women that I was being sent to. But in fact, what happened was that I felt led out of this front door of the church building. And I felt walked all the way around the building and back in through the back door. And I felt God say to me, now look what's left. And what was left in the rows of wooden church pews in this church in the middle of England somewhere was like a scene of the walking dead. There was limbs hanging off and there was moaning and groaning and, and dead bodies and just ill people and sick people and the people who didn't have the energy and the freedom and the ability to get up and go and make a difference were still sitting there and desperate to move and desperate to be free and desperate to be, you know, their hearts to be Mended and yet they were on the church pews inside the church building. and I've really felt a strong conviction from God that He was sending me and Mercy UK to heal the broken-hearted inside the church.
0: You know, as Baptists, one of the Southern Baptists in America, it's not—it's nothing, nowhere close to what Baptists are like in, in England. It's just a whole different affiliation. But Southern Baptists here in America, we are a heavily networked people, uh, and that's one of our strengths. I mean, we, we just we are very networked. Um, but Mercy is—is is kind of, I think, on this road, uh, it, this organic, didn't plan it to be road where churches are reaching into them. And, and so I, I want you to tell them a little bit about um, just how they need to hear a little bit about how mercy came into your life. Because I think it's a fascinating story.
1: Yeah, well, I was raised in a Christian home. My parents were pastors uh, and missionaries for many years. And we had a great Christian life. I was probably what would be a good poster girl for Christianity. Great marriage, love my church. But I felt definitely a sense of something missing. And we'd never been taught this, but there was definitely a belief that if you do all the right things, bad things won't happen to you. Bad things don't happen to good people. So it came as a huge surprise to us as a family when my younger sister, who was around 12 at the time, began to misbehave she began to display rebellious behaviors and my parents had no frame of reference for her behaviors other than rebellion she'd got in with the wrong crowd she was backsliding she was walking away from God the phrases that we kind of banded about were those things she's she's just acting out and for three years her behavior got so bad and so destructive to us as a family and to her physically as well that at 15, at this 10 years between us. I was married, we lived 100 miles away, my parents rang and said, can my sister Debbie, can she come and live with you for a little while? We thought maybe if she comes back to a church that's got a a, young, a, a lot of young people there, maybe if she gets away from the bad crowd she's in, she, she can reestablish her relationship with God. I discovered at that point what Christian brokenness looks like. When she came to live with us, she stayed with us for three years, and I'd... I'd heard Nancy Alcorn speak in my church. I'd heard about mercy. We had nothing like that in the UK. And I'd already began to pray that God would help um, use me for something like that. I desperately wanted to be involved in, in helping young women and establishing something like mercy multiplied in the UK. And then here my sister moves into my house and I see exactly the kind of women that mercy exists to serve i didn't never expected that the first home i would ever open would be my own home i never thought that when i prayed lord send me to the masses send me to the girls who need um, to know you better i never knew the first broken girl i'd ever meet would be my own sister And at 15, I discovered when she was 15 and she lived with us, that actually her behavior wasn't rebellion. Her behavior was brokenness. And she'd been abused for three years from the age of 12 to 15 by a man outside of our family who she'd met in the playground. Um, And he had done terrible things and caused her to be exceptionally broken. And she was, in fact, the first girl from the UK to be accepted into the Nashville home just a few miles away from here. They'd so never, you
0: guys don't miss that. She was the first international, yeah. right, uh, to come into Brentwood yeah, uh, from years the UK. Ago, yeah,
1: almost 18, 19 years ago. She was 18 years old. She walked into that place to try and deal with not the abuse that she'd suffered. She tried to deal with the reason why it happened to her as a Christian. That's what Christian brokenness is. It's from being told from a young child that God is your saviour, your rescuer, your redeemer, your protector. And then to go through something like that and not have anywhere to fit the perspective of who God's supposed to be to what God looks like in your life right now. She needed a place where it was safe for her to ask those questions of God. To a place where God is difficult to miss. And mercy became that for my sister. She was here for eight months. Um, her relationship with Jesus was re-established. She received healing for a very broken heart and established such a strong connection with God. When she came back to England, I took one look at her life, and I thought, we have to have something like that in England. We have to be able to create a similar space. I and remember so we you did. saying
0: her, her countenance, her, her body, entire, like it's a new yeah. person.
1: And I see that now every single time with the residents we have in the UK. So yeah. that I could was,
0: see it last a uh, couple weeks ago when you would tell me, this girl's graduating, this yeah. not girl's 18 to 28? 18 to 30. 18 to 30, this, this lady's graduating and then you would see the newbies, mm-hmm. and you'd see their countenance was nowhere near the yeah. ones that were walking out the door. Yeah. It's fascinating, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it really is, and and it's it's something that I remember the first time that. Um, I encountered mercy multiplied. I, Michelle and I had just moved back to, to Nashville. I'd finished seminary, and we went to Christ Church, and L.H. Hardwick was um, preaching that day, and he brings mercy. Uh, he brings Nancy Alcorn up, and this was like in the early. I, Nancy and I had this conversation one time, and it, but I just remember it was in the early days, and you got to remember coming to Baptist churches, and I, I had pastored a Baptist church by that time, and I was 20, 26, 27, 28, and... Um, I would never seen anything like this in my life. We, we worship and then Nancy comes out on stage and they're starting this new mercy thing and, and uh, they bring out this young African-American lady. She had come off the streets and, and, or come out of a broken situation and she was finding her. If I remember the story right, she's standing on stage in front of you know a th- couple thousand people and, and Nancy says, hey, you're, you're going to college and you've, we've seen God change your life and you're gonna need a car. And she said, it's not a new one, but it's red and it's beautiful. And, and they gave her the keys to a car and that place freaked out. And I, I sat there crying, cause I never do that in church ever. And, <laughs> and I sat there crying and, and, I, and I thought, I, I saw more of Christ in that moment than maybe I had seen in, in, in a long time. That the church, had provided a space where a, a lady could be healed, but then they propped her up, not, not entitled and not enabled. They helped her move on. And I'll never forget that, that image. of that, that girl, you would have thought she literally won $27 million. I mean, and, and it was just a used car. But it was hope. And, and that's what I, I, I remember about Mercy the most. So
1: Every resident that's in the Mercy home right now has come from a Christian background. There's a Christian context to her pain, um, mm. and so it's a really interesting place to be, where people are really wrestling uh, and connecting with Jesus on a very real level because they need Him um, to speak into their hearts. Uh, so it's a really it's a great thing to be involved. Well, here's what
0: we c- we could talk about this for a long time, but here's what I want to do, okay? Because I want to talk to you about where does Clearview View fit into this? Because that's the question you're asking, and you know my mind's been spinning since the first... The first time I ever talked to Ar- Ariane, I cried then too. Um, and I did. Uh, uh, yeah, on the phone to a total stranger. Um, but, but I could hear her um, where God was orchestrating y'all and I knew where God was orchestrating our movement and I thought, oh my word. Um, people ask me a lot, you know, again, why England? And, and Kim Margrave asked me that and, and some of our staff did and I said, I'll tell you why. When I... When I was coming up in the early days of ministry, you heard about this really important thing called the 1040 window, in Baptist life, uh, the 1040 window, that we had these maps, and, and it went across the world, and that the, the bulk of lost people in the world live in this window of, of latitude and longitude. And, and so you, missions had a lot of emphasis on Africa and the Amazon and Muslim groups, which it should. I mean, absolutely. But the one thing I began to realize was, well, a lot of churches go to those places because they get a lot of advertisement. But you never hear about the UK. And everybody I talk to from Ken and Sue Bell and others in our church, the, the UK is it's dead spiritually. I mean, that's what happens when you don't have Christ. So I, that whole thing has brought us to this day. And so we want to talk about that. So here's what we're going to do right now. We're going we're gonna to take up our, our, our regular offering uh, for Clearview this morning. I, I want to explain to you, and I'm going to tell you right now. The scriptures are really clear about how offerings work, okay? There's such thing as a tithe, and there's such thing as an offering, and they're not the same thing, okay? Biblically, we believe that your tithe is 10% of your income. That's not, that's, that's not a suggestion from God. That's a mandate from God. It's, it's a mandate from God that, that he gives us and that we are not to opt out of, and that goes to the storehouse, now offerings are different. Offerings are what God moves on your heart for more, and I will tell you, you can never outgive God. It, it is impossible to outgive God, and so we're going to take up our, our our clearview offering this morning. And while we're doing that, I want to show you, I want to show you a video. Dylan Sherlock, our digital missions um, uh, director. Um, sh- shared this in, in, in video. They, they chose a few girls, got their permission. And, and, and these are residents right now yeah. that, that I've met. And so uh, I want you to, to see this. And I want to get our ushers to come on up here. And then um, we're gonna, I'm going to pray. And as they're passing this out, we're going to take up the offering, okay? God, thank you. Thank you for a chance. A chance to do something with our lives. From our money to our time, to our prayers, to our Bible studies. Lord, you know that at this church we use the phrase all the time, no more purposeless people. Clearview has planted a flag in the ground to say, never again should you get up. As one of your created people, Lord, nobody should get up in the mornings wondering why in the world you put them here. We believe you called us to something far bigger than ourselves and far bigger than even this church. So, God, as we give today, oh, God, I pray that you would let us realize that everything we have, the homes we have, the money we have, the kids we have, the jobs we have, the food on our table, the bank accounts, the 401ks, all the talents, abilities, our eyesight, our ability to move our ankles, everything that we have is given to us by you everything we have. And so I pray, God, that we would find freedom in surrender of who we are for your created purposes. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, you can go ahead and pass that out, and then we can watch this video here.
2: Before I got to mercy, I was in a real state of desperation and living life in sort of um, a cycle of just destructive patterns and so at that point I just I was hopeless I had no hope um, and it was a lady at my church um, who is now my accountability partner who said to me she texted me one day and just said do you want to have a cup of tea so I was like yeah um, and I knew this was an invitation from God um, to just kind of start opening up about where I'm at So when, and pretty much the rest is history, she she introduced me to Keys to Freedom. Um, So we started doing the book together and that's what introduced me to Mercy. Um, And Mercy was my first sort of ray of hope in a real time of darkness for me. Being in the house and having the teaching from so many amazing guest speakers, reading the Bible every day, learning what it is to have a relationship with God, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, they're, that's, they're my high points, like that's my biggest thing
3: um, and that's where I'm finding my freedom is completely in relationship with God. What has happened in the past has happened, like you don't, you're not in control of that anymore but what you are in control of is how you react to that now and how you look back on those situations and be like, yeah that stuff happened but that's not happening anymore and that's like, that's in the past and now you can choose how you want your future to go. Um, and then I was like, God was basically like, when when you go down, it's like everything being washed away and you're cleansed of it all. And like when you come back up, it's like everything being made new in a way. So he was saying that to me for a while, and I was just like, cool, great, whatever. <laughs> um, and then I, was, I had a session that day, and then my session yeah, ended up being on baptism. And I was like, just everything was just coming together, and God was like, now just I. This is a way of me being like. All that stuff has happened, but that doesn't have to happen anymore. And I can now choose on how I respond to that stuff and how I react to that
4: stuff. I promised myself a little bit that I wouldn't ring the breakthrough bell because when I first saw it on a tour around the house, I got a bit scared. and I was like, no. Um, and then within my first week, I'd rang it at least twice. My favourite breakthrough was actually a week or so ago. And it was in a corporate worship session with um, the whole team, all of the staff, myself, uh, in the residence, and um, God really spoke to me and I felt him put his hand in my chest and um, I was like, oh, what's, going? what's going on? Um, and he took my heart out and he put it in his chest of his, and he picked me up and I saw myself simultaneously as I am now, as a grown woman, but also as a baby. and he held me there. And it was like he was saying, if you want to be alive as you are now, this is how close you've got to be, this is how you've got to stay connected to me fully. And it was like every fear that I had of when I go home, of becoming disconnected to God, or um, you know, falling back into old ways and old habits, I suddenly just went, if I'm like this, like my heart's in his chest, I'm, I'm as connected as I can be. Um, and nothing else mattered. Oh, I'm looking forward to just being able to
3: live my life again and living it free rather than, um, yeah, I can't wait, I sort of can't wait to know, like, know fully of what love is and know fully of my worth and like, yeah, I don't know, just being, a- just being able to walk in freedom and not having to fight, because I know even when I leave here things are going to come at me, but like, even just having a really strong relationship with God and being like, Even if this stuff stuff happens, I know I'm not by myself in it, and I know I've got God on my side. Um, I've started to dream again—the things that I used to dream when I was like 14,
2: 15 years old. Um, Recently, it's literally just started opening those doors up for me. Just as I'm about to leave next week, I'm like, "Wow, God, what are you playing at?" Um, But yeah, I've started to be able to dream again. It's yeah, it's amazing.
0: It's apparent we're going to need interpreters um, yeah. the next time that. Um, for some, uh, Ariana said that. That's a Yorkshire accent, Kendall. There. Yeah, yeah, um, I'll tell you something interesting about the young lady that you saw uh, there the, in, with the, the the purple hair. Um, um, Anna. Anna. She 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 said when we were over there. She said when I came to Mercy, you have to fill out an application, and it says, "What are your dreams? What are your hopes?" And she said, "I had none. I literally put nothing down." I sat there forever, and I couldn't. What are your dreams? What's the question on that application? Is, what are your dreams, hopes, aspirations? She said, I literally just left it blank. She said, I'm great. And then she told our story. She said, um, I'm graduating in. Has she already gone? She, so she just left. She said, they asked the same question, and she said, I had pages. I had pages to put in there. And it's all from the power of God. So um, here's what. We wanted to ask Ariana, like, why Clearview? What is it about us and what is it about this partnership that's taken, taken root and why do we? Why do you guys? Because we, we've had a lot. I know the answer to that, but you don't. Um, so one of the things we did, we, we wanted to do something very English and uh, very British, so we came up with a coat of arms, and which I think is awesome, uh, by the way. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. And... Um, so there's the Tennessee flag, the, the Union Jack, and, and uh, Mercy's logo and ours and keys. And so um, that's going to be symbolic for a number of reasons. But I want to show you a, a – let me go to the next um, image. There we go. So uh, this is – Ariana, this is kind of the way I describe uh, the Mercy trajectory. You guys started a residential home. What year was it? When you 2006. 2006. September. And everything was going along fine. And I text Debbie. Uh, Debbie is her sister, the one that you heard come to Brentwood. Well, Debbie's now the COO. So Ariana dreams yeah, stuff. let tell up. you that bit. <laughs> Debbie makes stuff happen. Um, and so she's the operations person. And I said, What year did Keys to Freedom really hit? And she said it was about 20, 2017. And that's when everything kind of broke loose in more ways than one. So tell them the story about, because we got a lot of stories. We don't have time for all the stories. But tell them the story about the printing. This is, this is amazing about what y'all thought would happen. Yeah.
1: So we, we launched it in January 2017.
0: I better interrupt you. Let me tell you what Keys to Freedom is. Okay? <laughs> they don't know. Time out. Um, so Keys to Freedom, I want you to, for all of us Baptists, think of experiencing God. Okay? Think of experiencing God. It's an eight-week eight study, eight-week discipleship study that, that literally is about freedom, identity, shame, forgiveness, all of that kind of thing. So it's an eight-week discipleship study, and, it, and then we'll pick it up right there. Yes,
1: yeah, 20 minutes a day done by the individual, not in a group. So pen, Bible, Holy Spirit, go for it. And 400 churches across the UK are using this now. So we thought... When we first printed it in 2017, we printed 1,000 copies, thinking it would take us about a year to sell those. And, to, to, and so we didn't even budget for, any, for a reprint. We launched it in, in January 2017. In four weeks, we were sold out. Four weeks we sold a thousand copies in panicked. 4 weeks we panicked we had to back order because we couldn't get them print we printed it fast enough we're on 15000 copies sold now in our very small nation with some of the biggest uh, most active churches in the UK using it as their um, standard discipleship model that they, they use. We've got individuals, men, women, young, old, from, from new Christians to Christians who've been around for 50 years using it and experiencing new levels of freedom. It really has taken us out of the residential home into the churches in a way that we never thought possible, and it's amazing to see. And
0: that's when the spike kind of happened. Yeah. Everything opened up. And so um, I, this, this is my interpretation. This is my interpretation of kind of, and I'm going to let her speak to this, but I want to show you an image. Um, for so long, mercy has been just one by one as churches would call. In fact, Ariana told us this. She said churches would call because of keys to freedom. They didn't even realize we had that we were a residence home. They didn't know we even did that. They were hearing about this study. And so all of a sudden, it was this residence home for broken and, and, and battered, young ladies and now this study comes out and they've got problems on their hands in a good way but churches were calling them i told you that baptists are heavily networked well it's not really like that over there there are missions organizations for sure and the international mission board does plant missionaries all across the uk but a lot of them don't even work with each other because like we, we have a missionary that we we have in a country right now that is working with muslim people in a country that's not muslim and so it, 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 they're very strategic like that. So, so it's not networked like it is here in the U.S., so to speak. So Mercy's been giving and giving and giving, and now it's a, it's a place where I think it's a, it's a partnership because t- in order to go forward... they're going to have to have something change. They've never had a church partner like this and really maybe didn't even really need one uh, to this level until now. So I'm going to let Ariana speak to kind of how that's come about.
3: It
1: did come as a huge surprise. I'm still a little bit like, I'm in Nashville speaking to you guys about the UK. It's a very strange thing, but I I do feel so much the sense of God's hand in this. Um, You know, there's a scripture that talks about one can put a 1,000 to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight. I believe God is a God of partnership. And he doesn't add up like we do. Two plus two does not equal four with God. He is doing something that is going to amplify and multiply across the UK. But I also believe that this is cross-pollination. This isn't just going one way. I genuinely believe that something's gonna happen in our partnership together as Mercy UK and as Clearview Baptist Church that's gonna benefit both of us on both sides of this ocean. You know, we've got all sorts of plans for people to come and visit over and come and be part of what we do in the UK. Uh, And I I genuinely think that we will see fruit in individuals' lives within this church congregation as well as in the, the churches that we're reaching uh, in the UK, and I, I think God is excited about what He's thought up because yes. two people who didn't know each other um, did not think this up. This was absolutely 100% God breathed, God mm. led and and i'm excited to, to explore this journey and this adventure and we're just making it up as we go along aren't we totally
0: we and, genuinely and, and, are yeah 100% <laughs> and, and i and i love that because because it, it it's not it, it, we've said in strate- st- strategic meetings um yeah. <laughs> and and, and there's a, a, a thousand thoughts that come to my mind when we every time we do but here's what i love it's you guys have gone on a faith journey going how do we help these churches that keep calling us you know what do we do and and it's been in my heart that Clearview, I, I believe that healthy churches start churches. And, and I thought, man, what, what, what would it be like for us to, to maybe Scotland, Wales, uh, somewhere? I don't know. How, how would that look in England to, to this place that needs churches filled with the word of God and the power of God and the spirit of God? And then I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. There, there's an organization that's got access to 400. And they're begging for somebody, help, help. It's very Macedonian. You know the Macedonian call hey help and and so what I love about this is they haven't done it before we haven't done it before and so we're gonna make a ton of mistakes we need to glory in that like I I tell our staff all the time if you're not making some pretty epic failures from time to time you're not working hard enough I do I tell them that there needs to be a hole in the wall with your name on it it's beautiful and awful and in but because we're trying so hard to reach this world and so this is a partnership that clearly and here's my, this is my heart, Clearview. I really believe, I do, I believe that in about three years' time, all the network that all of us have, I believe churches will be calling them, saying, hey, how could we help? And they will be able to hand them a model that Clearview Baptist Church beta tested and said, hey, here's kind of what a church did. It cleared the trees, moved all the mud, took out all the stumps, and made a road. And and we can we can do that, and and so uh, I want to show you a couple of ways that that I believed that we identified. Coming back on the you know you sent a scout team over there and we, we did we worked really hard even on the plane back over we all got in the exodile and we had a meeting and I got in trouble because I was sitting on the floor and then they made me sit in a chair and, and the attendant's chair and that worked out and we rebuked them and said no and just, <laughs> so but let me show you kind of these are some these are what I'm going to call you we've been talking about this path to Yorkshire. So 1.0 is kind of maybe the the, the first version. So we, we believe there's, we've identified five ways that we can help and come underneath and around mercy. One is called truth teams. And truth teams are... I was talking to uh, Rob and Debbie about this. I don't know if they cleared it with you, but they gave me the okay, so. Uh, no, I haven't
1: seen them yet. Yeah, you this haven't seen them. She's been in Africa. <laughs> um,
0: so, by the way, you know why she was in Africa working with Compassion International? You know why they work with Compassion International? Because it's one of their standards at Mercy to all of their young ladies that those young ladies have to sponsor somebody. So that so they're. pay for it. But yeah, but they, they have write. to get it. They give back already. Yeah. Uh, don't you love that? Already they're trying to give back and teach them to to reach out. So truth teams are teams that would go over like, I'll give you a perfect example. Kim Margrave, our missions director, said, you know, Jason, a lot of these young ladies don't have any idea of what a godly husband's going to look like or a godly marriage. All they're going to get is what little time they get at mercy. What if we could send a, a team of couples over from time to time, two or three couples at a time, just explaining to them, this is a Christian marriage. This is a Christian home. This is how you parent according to the word of God. They're there for six to eight to ten months, maybe at a time. And, and so, truth teams would be one. Another would be restoration. This is the home. And uh, that's the home. What year was that thing built, Ariana?
1: 1908 by a Methodist minister.
0: 1908. That's new. That's <laughs> very new, yeah, 1908. So this home has, uh, Will Gamble went, he, he works with J.E. Dunn, and, and Will went over there with us, and he took his tape measure, literally, and a lot of pictures, and walked that entire campus, everything from painting, those girls or those ladies' bedrooms, all the way to some you know, small project construction, renovation. We've got ways that we can start sending teams that are gifted in that. Uh, another avenue I would show you is what we're calling our collegiate collective, Okay. So our collegiate collective is this simple idea. This is one of the most impressive things Mercy has done for us. Because Mercy, what I've been incredibly impressed by is they don't just want our help. In fact, when we were having our meetings, they kept telling us all they were going to do for our church. And we're like, well, it's okay. oh, but we want to help too, you know, because they, they have dreams and visions. And one of the things that they want to see happen you guys do how many live events a year that you either go to, set up shop, or speak at? How many? It's? Oh,
1: about
0: 87. 87. So more than one a week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a two a week you're planning for, or? Oh,
1: yeah, no, it's, it's tripling, I think, Yeah. next
0: year. Yeah. So she's either speaking, or imagine a big women's conference or a big ministry conference where, where the churches are coming together, and they set up booths, and people can hear about Keys to Freedom and hear about the resident's home. Well, they have to staff those things, and so... We're gonna we're gonna start opening up. Lisa Acklin, who is uh, you, you've known if you've known Lisa, she's been here for a, a, a number of years at Clearview. She's been on our missions team. Lisa's gonna be the point person for this. Working so let's let's say one of your university students wants to go for nine weeks to the UK, be discipled through Keys to Freedom, be uh, walked through uh, that discipleship in a whole different country, and yet serve in, with manpower. Helping with live events, uh, helping with the residents' home. I mean, it's an amazing thing to get to go live over there for nine weeks. So that's our collegiate collective. We're hoping to send uh, five in, in the next in this coming summer, uh, and you're going to hear be hearing more about that um, in 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 the days to come. Okay, I just told you about Truth Teams um, a, a minute ago. Um, so that in Ariana, anything anything I'm leaving out at this point.
1: No, I think that's it so
0: far. Okay. So We're I got still
1: thinking of new ways though. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, and 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 I would I would share with you one other way that I believe that ClearView can can honestly move the ball forward. Let me show you a different graphic. So this is I showed you before how we can come behind them, but they've got a very real need. And let me tell you what that's what that's come out of. They they have been told by Microsoft that January the 14th, their, their software, they're still running mainly Windows 7, which um, is old. Yeah. Uh, yeah, somebody said, wow, back there, yeah, um, still running Windows 7. And they've been working, Debbie told me, their chief operations officer, they've been working hard to, to replenish new software. But January 14th, whether we help them or not, the lights go out on that software, and so they can still run it, but it won't be updated, it's gonna lose security, and they've got a, a lot of issues. These are gospel tools. I love the way Terry Welburn, uh, many of you know Terry's been here uh, uh, almost, you know, 15 years or more, I think, and, and Terry said, you know, it's really hard to build a house without a hammer. Yeah. That was his words, hard to build a house without a hammer. So they've got a very real need that we can help them with, and we talked to, talk to them about, hey, what, what are some tools you need and the first thing debbie harvey said was jason we i know it, it's not it's not popular it's not posh to think of, to think about but we've got how many people on staff now
1: 43
0: 43 on staff most of them work remote yeah they they don't work they don't come to oxenhope and she said are debbie didn't use this word but i talked to rob debbie's her brother-in-law debbie's husband um, Rob's going to be here in April speaking to our men, but I I would go so far as to say I could hear the panic in Rob's voice of what are we going to do because all these young ladies that hear about mercy, they hear about it because of technology, social media, working in churches, email blasts, live events. It takes hammers to build homes, right? So this is what we're going to ask you to do today. We're gonna we're gonna take up an, an offering now. I wanna I wanna show you something. Um, if you let's can we get the house lights for a second? So if you did you, if you should have gotten this when you came in on the back side, at the very bottom. Look at the very bottom of the page. There is a link. Don't go there right now, please. But. Um, Clearview.org backslash mercy. Dylan Sherlock's been working really hard on this. This is going to be the centerpiece. So we've actually dedicated a page to our website for for that. And so um, we we, we got that going. Uh, That's going to be there going forward. Now, I want to tell you something, and everybody look at me for just a second. Normally, it takes a few years before you take a deep dive with a missions partner. Whether we help them or not, that bridge is going to be out. That's the bottom line, whether we help them or not. And so this is a need that's real. Here's what we're doing. If you have a, 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 an Apple, an iPhone, you, you don't even have to take a picture of this QR code. You can hover your camera over it. It will take you to that link. That's, that's the new software that Apple has out. But you can go to that link, and you can give, and you can give today. I'm going to ask our ushers to come on down here and... I want, as they make their way, um, I want to get them all down and we're going to spend some time praying before we give this out. Ushers, you guys can come on down. Now, before you get out, your Michelle and I are going to give to this. I would never ask you to do something that we don't do. Um, this is going go to go to mercy, but I, I want to I I share something with you. And this is... It's close to my heart. You know, we, you, you can't right every wrong, right? I mean, the, the, the world is full of injustice. It's full of injustice. The world is full of brokenness, and you can't cure every problem, and you can't right every wrong, and you can't make every crooked road straight. There's just too many, right? But I want to show you something. Look at these girls. Look at these young ladies right here. Let's go to the next. There we go. Now, those young ladies are living in that home right now, right now. Now, we're not showing this. We, we live stream this on Facebook, but we're not showing that picture. We told them we wouldn't because they're coming out of broken places. So if you're live streaming with us on Facebook, just know we're showing the people they are living there right now. We can't right every wrong. We can't cure every injustice. Let me tell you what we can do, Clearview. We can change that. We can change that. We can actually do that, because I've met those young ladies. I've met every one of them. The one there in the, the red hair, uh, that's the one that told you she had no dreams, and now she's got them. So we, we can make a difference today with that, and so we're, I believe we're going to. We're going to see that happen, and we're going we're to give to mercy uniquely. You know, we live in the seventh wealthiest county in the United States of America. And we've got a, a group of people that needs a hammer to build a house. So let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning and we ask you to let us not have fear. We know that it's easy to think about how in the world, God, can we come around something, a need this size But we know they need $50,000 to change all these tools and hardware out to make this ministry go forward. And, Lord, I've been praying for a year that you would open the eyes of Clearview. I've literally been praying that you would open our eyes because this is our church and this is our time. And we must open our eyes and we know it. So, Lord, I'm going to ask that you give us faith to be in a partnership because we believe we're going to be in this partnership for many, many, many years. We know it or we would have never gone down the road. So, God, as we, as we go into this giving time, I pray that we would give out of faith to come alongside your word that says that you were sent to set the captives free and preach the gospel to the poor and the broken and restore sight to the blind. In Jesus' name, amen.